Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Parenting Hour. You're tuned in to Unity FM 93.5 here in Birmingham and the West Midlands and 105.1 down south in Luton and all the other studios that take the show. Welcome to all the listeners that are tuned in this evening, listening to another uh, wonderful session, uh, inshallah, that we're going to have around parenting again. Um, my name is Kathleen Roach-Nagy and I'm here with you for the rest of the evening, uh, inshallah. And we're going to be discussing uh, parenting with somebody that is an eminent scholar and um, well-known uh, person that we are privileged to have on air this evening with us. His name is Professor Daoud Al-Habati and he is um, a medic... Uh, um, PhD, sorry, he's a PhD in education from Stirling University in Scotland. Oh, we love Scotland. And worked in different universities and is currently a professor of education in the International Islamic University in Malaysia. So it's an honour to have you this evening. Professor Dawood, are you there on the line? Yes, yes. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It is really privileged to, that you are able to give up your time to have this session with you, inshallah, uh, on the radio and talk about some very important topics. I think parenting stretches over so much and we need to have strong families, to have strong communities, to have strong societies. And we know from our work we do that there's many issues there in in parenting. And I'm sure you have come across a lot of issues also um, that you can bring lots of knowledge to us this evening and we'll all be learning from you, inshallah. 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 So, you, mashallah, you have a, um, a very interesting career, mashallah, that has brought you to many different countries. Would you like to kind of introduce yourself to our listeners a bit more than the little introduction I gave you, uh, if you can, please? Okay. Uh, first, I was brought up uh, in Yemen. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished my first degree uh, in uh, physics, so I was a teacher of physics. Then I did my PGCE in Jordan Hill College of Education in Glasgow uh, in teaching physics. And then I moved to Sterling. I did my master and PhD in teacher training. And um, when I went back to Yemen, I was teaching and working in teaching for undergraduate, postgraduate in the faculty of education. And also I was um, uh, holding different posts, uh, including a vice chancellor of a university, which I um, uh, uh, collaborating with my friend to establish called the University of Science and Technology. Uh, and then later on, I moved as visiting professor in the States and in different countries in the Middle East. And I settled uh, recently uh, in the last five years in Malaysia. Uh, at the moment, I am teaching and also supervising postgraduate research uh, and uh, in, the, in the International Islamic University uh, of Malaysia in Kuala Lumpur. MashaAllah, that's a wide range. Of, and what are you supervising now? What topic? Is well, you? mostly we supervise in the area of curriculum and instruction, in teaching, in counseling, mm-hmm. in educational management, uh, mm-hmm. in different areas, really. Very good, mashallah, mashallah. So it's you've had a wide background there, mashallah. Lots of different uh, fields that you've uh, taken part in and and done over the years, mashallah. And yeah. in this time, you've had also uh, work around parenting, and you work with people around parenting. Yes, 
In fact, uh, we, we, we used, even we worked in volunteering in the area of uh, family counseling and parenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we tried to put our uh, knowledge into action so that it could be beneficial because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min ilmin la yinfa'. So he was trying to seek the refuge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from a knowledge which has no impact, no benefit for people. So we are trying our best to relate uh, everything we learn um, into uh, the benefit of society, so mm-hmm. whether in Southeast Asia, Middle East, or in Europe. Mm-hmm. And how do you manage to do that? So uh, I can understand from some of our work, we we also, uh, mashallah, implement our programs are based or we refer a lot to Islamic knowledge. So I as Quran Hadith. So it's practical skills courses we do to enable parents to see the changes. And although we're not teaching them Islam, we use those references so that they can um, understand them. Because sometimes, I don't know if you found this in your experience, that they haven't really grasp the Islamic ethos of what Islam is telling us in relation to different spheres. So they may know it in one area, but not transfer it into their parenting, for example, and how to gain rewards from their parenting with intention of raising children, intention of doing things that they they forget about these um, concepts. Well, you have touched upon a very, very important uh, topic. Uh, In fact, one of the areas I'm working with my students is what we can call integration of revealed knowledge to acquired knowledge, particularly in the area of social sciences. You know, most mm-hmm. of the social sciences, the role of Muslim in fact scholars is very limited. Mm-hmm. And now we are trying even in our university at the International Islamic University to author textbooks and to teach uh, uh, in order to relate um, the revealed knowledge, Quran and Sunnah, to our own different uh, disciplines, whether mm-hmm. psychology or sociology or education or management or finance or whatever. So we are trying our best and alhamdulillah, I have developed myself an approach of how to impact, how to make inferences from the Quran Sunnah uh, in the different topics, whether in education or school curriculum or counseling or therapy, uh, we, uh, or even management and leadership. So we are trying our best to do that, and this is one of the areas we have to take into account, particularly, uh, you know, in the area of family and parenting, because this is unique in Islam, and mm-hmm. it has given uh, Islam has given a very important attention to the formation of the family and also to the strategies of parenting. Yes, it, uh, and it's so right, mashallah, that it is all there in our Quran and our hadiths. And sometimes yes. we we try to do it the other way around. We are looking at um, the scientific knowledge and making trying to make links, whereas actually it is already there. Yeah. In, in so many ways and, and so many people are uh, unfortunately not able to make those links so that's mashallah so you're doing it very broad so in counselling in parenting in leadership you said so you do a, yeah. a lot of very very broad links in different areas, it's, it's different right. areas. is that difficult to do? Look um, uh, I think uh, the problem is that in order to make such kind of um, uh, relevance you, what you have to do first you have to know the language of Arabic, Arabic language, in order to be able to understand directly 
from the Quran. Otherwise, you will depend on interpretation. And from my own experience, the interpretation, yes, it is good, not bad. Uh, it is a minimum thing you can refer to. But sometimes one word has different meaning. Mm-hmm. And in order to be able to extend your horizon of thinking and interpreting and also even making the inferences, I think it is a must to know the Arabic language and also the tafsir. The tafsir, you know, there are multiple tafsir. One will focus on tale Arabic language. One will focus on fiqh. One will focus on miracles. One will, so you have to be very careful about that and you have to encompassing the knowledge. So not anyone can relate it unless it is very specific areas. But in order to be able to uh, relate uh, the, the revealed knowledge to acquire knowledge, you have to have both knowledge in um, Quran Sunnah and also knowledge of the acquired knowledge in, in your own area, say psychology or sociology or management or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can but, understand uh, that uh, yeah. if you just look yeah. at Tarabiya, for example, the meaning of that one word in Arabic uh, uh, has uh, about uh, 10 meanings in English. Exactly, exactly. Um, I found it really uh, rewarding and uh, satisfying to look at the Quran and the Sunnah. Uh, we've been looking with uh, some counselors in the Muslim world on the emotional side of Quran on the counseling skills and therapies in the Quran and other areas, which we have come to, uh, you know, enormous uh, understanding of what we can learn from Quran Mm -hmm. uh, into our life. And that will, in fact, give, um, uh, you know, a responsibility uh, on the side of the scholars to uh, disseminate that kind of knowledge to families, Muslim families and parents. Mm-hmm. Because most of the Muslim parents lack that kind of knowledge. And we have, because sometimes they refer to counselors who have knowledge of their culture. So they give them the wrong advice. Mm-hmm. So things are getting worse, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rather than helping them, it's hindering them. Mm-hmm. Have you got any examples of that? Uh, in my uh, years of delivering, we have, we have lots of funny examples. Have you got some examples of, of that when they misinterpret culture? Yes, yes, of course. I mean, now, the kind of advice is given by school teachers or counselors regarding, say, premarital uh, marriages or, say, uh, sorry, premarital uh, sex or whatever. <laughs> now, they will say differently, for sure, because the ideology they are, they are holding, the culture they have, so you will have a wrong advice, which might create conflict in the, you know, in the people's life, in the Muslim families. So I think we need to be very careful and to adopt preventive strategies whereby we can uh, educate first the families and parents, before the children even. Yes, uh, indeed, we uh, we do need that knowledge and we do need to be able to differentiate um, uh, uh, and understand the culture of the countries we're in. From from our perspective, we have a lot of cultures that come from abroad that have misconceptions and they're the more common ones that we continuously have to uh, challenge because they feel it is Islamic knowledge, but actually it is a cultural knowledge. Well, this is a different matter again, mm. because many parents, they come from different parts of the world. Mm. They have their own habits and culture, which has nothing to do with Islam mm. at all. Okay, and they hold it as it is the true Islamic understanding, which is not really. It is, as you said, rightly, a culture or a habit. 
So, uh, but there are some core values I think we have to agree on. For instance, I'll just give an example, the concept of a family. Now, the concept of a family from an Islamic perspective, you not just the husband and wife and children. In fact, the relatives, like grandfather, grandmother, uh, uncle, and all of them are part of the family. Mm-hmm. And they play a role in uh, bringing peace, security, and even parenting. So, um, the basic unit also in a Muslim society or in a Muslim community is the family. Now, if this family is broken and there is no, uh, you know, sound structure for this family, because sometimes in other culture we will look at the basic unit of a, of a society is the individual, a man or a woman. But from an Islamic perspective, it's a family. It's an integrated role into one unit. It's not a different role. It's integrated role. That kind of conception should help us to hold to the importance of forming a family and sustaining that kind of harmony, love, and peace. And that's, there is a, a lot of challenges against that kind of concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, our basis as well, I must say, is trying to get us to reunite the the love and the respect and the um the justice within families um and of parents of course as you say it's abroad we don't end here in islam we don't end when our children become 18 and say that's it now my parenting is over we it's part of the parents duties to continue after that and ensure they have that the young people when they grow up and ready for marriage that they get the help they need for um a spouse um uh, unfortunately, sometimes parents themselves need help in developing that love, that compassion at home, that they, they're, they're not themselves the role models for young people as they grow up. To, and this is where those young people are learning their parenting skills from. And then parents are not able to or don't have the knowledge or don't go back to Islam or go back to the Prophet Islam and see from his practices what they should be doing to initiate that this is part of how families should behave and get on well together and initiate that love because this is what our ch- their children are learning. Um, have you found something similar? You know, I think what you have discussed is very important. But that's boiled down to the very basic fact that sometimes marriage took place wrongly. What I mean by wrongly, that um, sometimes uh, we get married simply because of a trust of an emotion, not a real understanding to the roles and responsibilities of husband and wife. So. For, for instance, if we get married as a result, but we love each other purely for uh, emotional uh, trust, but we forget about the future of our generation, we might face a lot of difficulty later on. Because mm-hmm. most of the parents, they have different expectations. You know, they have a very nice dream about getting married, but they end up with different expectation of the role of the different spouses. They, 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 don't, they don't agree on very basic things. 
they don't have in common um, the outlook, the perception of life, the meaning of life. So they end up with divorce at the end of the day. Yep. So in order to make sure um, uh, to have a, 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 a loving, compassionate family, we have to be very careful in selecting our partner, our spouse, and also in discussing in advance prior to marriage what is expected for each other hmm. and also what is the role of each other towards each other and towards our kids as well. Yeah. If we agreed on that, that will lead to a very fruitful, successful, effective marriage. But if we don't agree before marriage about this kind of thing, we might add, uh, end up with, um, you know, divorce, really. Yeah, well, we come across it a lot and how, how we often see it is that there's so much focus on the wedding day. Actually, a lot of money spent on the wedding day and not yeah. on the marriage. And people yeah. are not looking at the marriage and are not looking at it. And even parents are not looking at who the father, if you're talking about the individuals, who the father or the mother of my children are going to be. So like, exactly. as you were saying, that we need to look at that. It is the, the family unit here. This is a new family unit. And what do we have in common? What are, how are we going to raise the, our children together? Not about what are we going to eat? Actually, I, I heard recently that there was um, a divorce of a couple yeah. on the same day as the nikah over food. So it's, exactly. you know, things like this. It's, it's daily, things, daily things, really. Mm. It's very simple things. I think we need also to all make an induction program, orientation, creating awareness among the young people from the Muslim community about the importance of the family, about the um, what is the, the expectation for each, the role of each, not today, but even tomorrow. Not only, as you said, in the wedding day, but even in the coming two decades, mm -hmm. because it is a long-lasting connection, relationship. It is not one day or one week or one year. So they have to appreciate and recognize the importance of their lifelong partnership until they die. And this cannot be taken, uh, you know, just as you said, uh, because of little uh, food or nobody has done the coffee and then we can divorce. It's simply because they, I think that this is a lack of knowledge, lack of skill. They cannot even communicate with each other. They lack technical. They lack how to resolve conflict, how to manage conflict and differences. <laughs> this basic skill they have to study. It. I mean, we know we, we are trying to learn how to cook, uh, how to uh, do everything, how to fix the uh, you know uh, our doors and windows, but we don't know how to fix our life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I said I, I totally agree. This is how uh, uh, actually you probably know that a few of us are are uh, developing another program. But over ten years ago, we developed a pre-marriage workshop day, uh, highlighting yes. some of these issues. It is built on four blocks. Actually, people even the first block is understanding themselves. They don't know themselves and who they are underneath peeling back the layers. Um, often they give the ideal textbook answer to 
who they're looking for and themselves so that yeah. people have a different impression of them but uh, that's fine for a, a two minute conversation but if you're having you're leading your life and living together to form a family you need to be a, a bit deeper than this and know yourself who, who you exactly. really are and, and then who are you looking for um, and there's not this the second block is built and who you're looking for and, the, and what we have found is not even opportunities for a lot of uh, Muslim young people to come together in a halal environment to be able to discuss the differences between genders. What, how do guys think? How do girls think? So those opportunities are not there. And when we do these courses, they are so shocked to when it uh, when we have discussions about the other gender and oh I never thought guys like thought like this or girls thought like this um, there's not those opportunities there to enable young people to expand their thinking to understand it before we go into actually what you mentioned about the conflict and the different um, personalities that that we have in society and try to give them a different flavour of those personalities and how would they problem solve with different situations. So even before all of that, there's a lot to go uh, to talk about. Um, and we have a lot of work to do. And that's, this is only the pre-marriage. This is only the very beginning. And then what we're working on now is another one around marriage um, to, to when you're about to do the nikah so that you're coming as couples to take it one level for and I I think I don't know how do you feel but I would like to see all the imams trained up in this and I know I went to Ireland a few years ago when they changed the law in Ireland because there everybody has to have a pre-marriage course whether you are um, Catholic or not it used to be only Catholics but now it's from every faith you have to have a pre-marriage course and I would like to see this like Malaysia Malaysia been doing it for many years to have this in place yeah and uh, let me just touch upon what you just mentioned about mm. the imam, about the imam. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the imam's role here in the West is different from the imam in the Muslim country. They, you know, they were the majority are Muslim. Mm-hmm. The imam here is not just what we call a leader of salah for prayer. Mm-hmm. He is, uh, I think, a counselor, that's mm-hmm. one. He's a preacher. He's a researcher. Uh, because he has to know what are the needs and the gaps in the local community so that he can help and facilitate. Um, he's a supporter. He is, he is uh, you know, uh, all-round person. And I think all imams should be equipped by the different, you know, different parts of knowledge and skills to be able to activate the role in these all areas because everybody is referring to them. And if they are not aware and they are not well equipped with the knowledge skills of doing it, then they will give again uh, the wrong advice in the same way as if I send a Muslim couple to say a, a non-Muslim counselor, he might give them the wrong advice as well. So in both uh, sides, we need somebody who is rooted in the Islamic knowledge and rooted in the context and the reality of people or the local community in order to be able to um, to offer uh, or deliver effective services. 
So how can we train, talking about imams like this, and I totally agree with you, we need um, imams that are counsellors, but a lot of them are not counsellors or don't have the, the trained. I know there is some, mashallah, really good that are trained counsellors as well, but many don't have any knowledge or skills about counselling. Um, actually, many here in the UK don't even speak English, uh, yeah. whereas, whereas the community is speaking English <laughs> and, and they can't even interact. So... Uh, this is one uh, now uh, always when, whenever I go to uh, all the cities, different cities, I say, come on, most of the Muslim now they are the second and third generation and the fourth generation. Who is responsible for those? Most of the Imam, as he said, they don't speak English or they don't take, um, they, can, they are not connected to the realities of day to day of our people. So I think one, at least one of the organizations should lead, should lead to developing um, a, a course uh, for imam, dedicated for imam, to help them. Um, um, and there are a lot of uh, references in English, in Arabic, and uh, in Urdu, in other languages, where we can give them so that they can deliver the right service. And also, we have to uh, educate uh, uh, many new generation, young boys and girls, to become the imam also and to be the leaders of the local community so that they can communicate effectively with their own people. But another issue, I think, related to the imam and things like that, which parenting also uh, might require, I would like to touch upon as well, is that now the role of the mosque is very, very limited. You know, I've been to different mosques. All I see is just old people there. There is no... I don't see um, the family members there. I see only old people. I'm, I'm talking there are... There might be some others which yeah. they... Also, yeah. uh, we are looking for not a mosque. A mosque is just part of the activities for the needs of the Muslim community. We need community centers whereby we can organize diverse activities which would attract the attention of all members of the family across the different ages and levels of development. Can we just hold on to this point, brother, because we have to go into a commercial break, I'm afraid, and we'll let us come back to it after this break. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, as alaikum.